Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends out there? This is another hopefully fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. It's good night, Liberty, right now because it's like 5.45 p.m. Central Standard Time right here in Nashville, Lockdown, Tennessee. And this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast coming at you once again every single day of the week when we want to. Luckily, we found the day that Charlie, uh, time that Charlie still wanted to, and it was right now. And uh, that's when we're going to do the episode. So thank you for being here. And once again, Charles Lawrence Thompson, Charles Chuck Lawrence, Charlie Thompson, straight across from me. How's it going, Chuck? I kind of like Charlie Chuck the best. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Chuck Thomason. Thomason. I actually yeah. don't like when I get called Thomas. I don't know how I just did that to myself. Chuck Thompson. Is it like a news reporter? Exactly. You know? We got Chuck Thompson out in the field right now. How's with, it going, Chuck? With today's nightly news, this is Chuck Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Anyway, I you you said welcome to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Good evening, good afternoon. It doesn't matter what you say to Liberty. It's always wonderful. And the thing you should do when you get here every single time is hit that subscribe button. Man, I don't know how many times I have to say it. Can you but hit subscribe every time you listen to the podcast? No, those of you that have already right. subscribed, you're exempt from this. You can skip forward 30 seconds. All of you seven percenters now, you seven percenters need to hit that subscribe button because you, you guys come in and sneak on the show like you're sneaking in and you're listening every day. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so we can see those numbers come up. It's just been great to see all those numbers, uh, numbers go up every single day it means it's people are doing their job which is one they're telling their friends and their communist uncles about the podcast That's right uh the the little bit of advertising that we have done on some other podcasts is working quite well our facebook page continues to just go and go and go it doesn't matter it really doesn't seem to matter what we do on the facebook the reach per month is like 1.3 million so that's good we found a nice support level of 1.3 million reach every single month from a Facebook page that's got 15,000 followers. So that's pretty good. That ain't bad, man. And between all the social media accounts, you know, well over 20,000 people following what we're doing here all the time. And that keeps going up. Everyone loves a little bit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of the meaning every single day. You know, my what, brother what at one time had 15 cousins. I, but 15,000 <laughs> followers is a lot better on Facebook's. Your brother at one time had 15 cousins? That was the resistance point. Okay. He said. He lost a few of them. <laughs> I don't I know. Guess. I don't I'm know. sorry. I'm sorry about That's that. my brother. I don't Doesn't that mean that you them. also had the same cousins? I feel like that means the same. Now it's my other brother. Uh, from another mother? You understand. Okay, I got you. <laughs> We got to make this a quick episode today. By quick, I mean less than 1.5 hours. We're going to go a little bit less than that today because it is so late in the day, thanks to Charlie and his golf habits. <laughs> he cares more about golf than he does about liberty. So no, listen, I, I care about mental health. Mental health. Okay. And at times, you need to you need to step away. You do. <laughs> I forced you to step away the one time. You did one hey, time. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I encourage you to do it more often <laughs> because sometimes you can get so deep in working so hard like the last month throughout this whole pandemic nate and i both have been up till what we text each other sometimes at midnight or one o'clock in the morning we're still working on different things and so we've been working a lot and um, sometimes you can feel like you're boiling the ocean mm -hmm. when you have things piling up and so it's sometimes you have to scale back and be like okay how do i how do i manage my time what's the most important thing to take care of and then sometimes you get overwhelmed and i'm like nate 
what do you like to do by yourself? And he's like, I love watching movies. And I'm like, okay, you are not allowed to work Friday afternoon. You have to go watch a movie. Yeah. And you didn't do it that day, actually. I didn't, no. But two weeks later, you eventually took so, advantage of a brain break. So if you listen to yesterday's episode, forget all that. The moral of the story <laughs> is you need to work really hard unless it seems like things are really too tough and then you need to quit. And okay. that's really the moral of the story. And, uh, you know, don't persevere through hard times. You need to stop and just just don't work. And, yeah. and that'll and that'll work. I knew just, you had to get me back for yesterday. <laughs> I knew you had to get me back for oh. calling you a status and about your border wall. Oh, you th- and now it, here you are. We're not even there yet. Across the air airwaves. I don't have a border wall. I have border sensors. Okay, that's a lot different. <laughs> that's a whole lot different. So we got uh, xenophobic listen, Nate. The title of this episode is "It's Time to Panic." I have finally hit the level of the leftist liberal media that they all want me to hit due to this. This one single news story, this is very important, so very dear. Panic at the disco. It's not time to panic at the disco. If you're at a disco, you should also panic it's because just time yeah. to panic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Panic at disco, you know, I've always thought it was so cool. They came out when I was in high school, like back in aught four. They yeah. were releasing stuff or aught five, something like that. And they're still releasing hit songs. That's pretty cool. I feel like if it were my dad and the Eagles kept releasing hit songs, only completely different. Panic at the Disco is not the Eagles. Way less people. A lot less people in their band. And I don't think they'll live on forever. I mean, with advances in modern science, it might live on for a really long time. We'll see. But I've always thought it was really cool to see Panic at the Disco releasing new stuff. You know, I don't really like any of it, but... It's cool anyway. So anyway. Somehow it's a hit. That was not the important news story. Guys, it's time to panic at the disco. Let's talk about this real quick. This is important. Holy crap. Two cats in New York become the first U.S. pets to test positive for coronavirus. Tigers? Cats. Pets. Just house cats. Pet house cats. The ones that use litter. That's how you know it's time. When you're when your house cats and now this is important to me. I've got a house cat. She's like nine, ten, completely insane. You guys know how cats are. I don't even know how you know a cat is sick, by the way. My wife and I have been talking about how are we gonna know when our cat is sick? You don't have a cat, you have a dog. It's obvious yeah. when when dogs are sick. Like that's an obvious thing, you just know. But a cat, it's like, well, it's been a being a little bit more standoffish than normal. Like you, don't, you don't really know when a cat is sick. But somehow, these dedicated pet owners were so in tune to their cat's feelings that they knew they needed to get them tested for coronavirus. And in fact, they did. We, says, we can't test all the uh, yeah. all the humans, but like, get these two pets. Literally, your girlfriend had to wait two weeks to get a test. My, my sister is still waiting on her test to come back. But we do know about these cats. Two pet cats in New York State have tested positive for the coronavirus, making the first confirmed cases in companion animals in the United States. Federal officials said Wednesday. I'm glad we got the federal officials federal involved in this. officials. Yeah, this is good. This is good. The cats, which had mild respiratory illnesses and are expected to recover. Do we have enough cat ventilators, by the way? Is I, this? No. This I is bad. Know. This check, is bad. Check with China. This is. We got to stay home. Uh, these cats, which are expected to recover, by the way, are thought to have contracted the virus from people in their households or neighborhoods. The U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said. Yeah, that, we don't know for sure. We're, we just think. We got to go to catometer.org and see what the numbers are looking like right now. But I know it's two. 
It's yeah. at least two for the U.S. And, and so far, their mortality rate seems to be zero. It's though. been pretty good. We're doing better than Italy, who, from what I heard, has got four cats that are that are looking really sick right now. So yeah. that's bad, but they've got more cat density around there. Yes, is what they've seen. So that's what they. Yeah, the finding which comes now, after. Do you need to wear PPE <clears throat> around these cats? Um. Yeah, you do need to do that. Also, if you could strap a mask to your cat, I've found that that's the best thing. Yeah, that and way they don't breathe. If you guys have a cat, you know the cat will just lay down yeah. at that time. It, they, and once you get the mask on, you can just give it a bath. You can do anything because they will assume that they're about to die. In <laughs> fact, if the cat knows it's got coronavirus, it knows anyway. This is, I'm not making fun of, coronavirus is very serious. Anytime someone gets an illness, it is serious. Okay. The finding which comes after positive tests in some tigers and lions at the Bronx Zoo adds to a small number of confirmed cases of the virus in animals worldwide. So tigers worldwide. and lions are getting infected. Yeah. Man. You, that's bad. Maybe their tiger uh, and lion pricing has gone down. Have we checked to see so if the now, prices have decreased? When I go to purchase one. Then I yeah. need to make sure they don't got the coronavirus. You're going to have what you'll see are cat specials for ones that have tested negative for coronavirus and the ones who don't have their coronavirus free badges on them. Uh, those are going to be the cheap discount cats. And those are the ones that I'm going for, for sure. U.S. authorities say that while it appears some animals can get the virus from people, there's no indication pets are transmitting it to human beings. I thought this whole thing came from animals anyway. We don't want people to panic. Dang, it's too late. It's too late. We already told we them the panic. people to panic. We just sent we just sent it out an SOS. Oh gosh. Well to change. Don't panic. That's what this episode's called. We don't want people to be afraid of pets or to rush to test them on mass. On the mass. Said Dr. Casey Barton Bahavarish, a CDC <laughs> official who works on human animal health connections. There's no evidence that pets are playing a role in spreading this disease to people. Don't kill your pets, people. We don't know for sure it's their fault yet. Still, the CDC is recommending that people prevent their, their pets from interacting with people or animals outside of their homes by keeping cats indoors and dogs out of dog park, parks, for instance. Wow. Anyway, I mean... So there's a stay-at-home order now for your pets. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. I think that's going to be an executive order that comes out pretty soon. Keep your pets at home. Uh, if you le if you let your pet leave the house, then that's bad. So anyway, I just thought everyone should know it's officially, this is getting bad. You know it's getting bad, okay? Yes. Don't worry about feline AIDS or anything like that, which is a real thing. I didn't even know that that was a thing. It is. Yeah, AIDS comes from animals too, by the way. So don't worry about that. Listen, we got bigger cats to fry here. <laughs> and it is, in fact, cats, coronavirus. That's a big deal. Dude, I got to tell you about this tweet from Mark Ruffalo. Mark, you know who Mark Ruffalo is? It sounds so familiar, but I don't... He's kind of short and thick. He's an actor, and uh, I don't know what he would be most known for playing. He, I guess he would be most known for playing the Hulk in all oh. of the like Avengers, probably like 37 movies so far he's played the Hulk. This is Mark Ruffalo. He tweeted a picture. He tweeted a picture of LBJ, Lyndon Johnson, with his head down on the table when American deaths in Vietnam reached 40,000, which is the number of Americans who have died now from COVID-19. Mark Ruffalo tweeted, Dear President Trump, this is what a leader looks like that has humility and compassion. He's devastated by the loss of Americans on his watch. He's not looking to blame someone else or cause chaos. He owns his leadership. You could try this. 
Okay, so we're comparing, just so you guys know. This is Mark Ruffalo tweeting a picture of LBJ who was upset about the 40,000 Americans that have died so far in Vietnam after he intentionally sent them to their deaths in Vietnam. It's the same thing, exactly that's, the same that's thing. that's leadership. I mean, that's leadership is when you lead people into a battle and over 60,000 of them die in a needless war. Thank you for your service if you served in Vietnam, but you probably know not entirely our business, I wouldn't say. Not, not that, it was illegal. It's not technically illegal, Not a declared war, not, a, not an actual voted war through Congress, instigated by the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which turned out to be false in the first place. But this is leadership, is after you purposefully send tens of thousands of American troops to die in a war that Mostly we don't need kids. to be in mostly really young kids and then they also kill hundreds of thousands of people in the other countries in the other country during that war this is a picture of what a true leader looks like being upset that he did that this is a great comparison yeah. to donald trump and his feelings on coronavirus because after all that analogy checks out perfectly right um let's see you have a president who intentionally sent people into a battle and they died when they otherwise would not have died if you had not sent them into that war. Yeah, the analogy checks out perfectly. Because <clears throat> Trump sent the coronavirus from China to a America. Absolutely, and the only yeah. reason anyone has died is because Trump is the president. Yeah. So, so ridiculous. It's insane. And you know, my tweet was, the, the problem is, uh, what I found out was Mark Ruffalo is actually really good because I've seen him act, I've seen him in a lot of movies playing a really, really smart person. And it turns out he's an amazing actor. That's that's really all I picked up from that. That's really all I picked up. You know, it's it's definitely Trump's fault that people are dying. And it's capitalism's fault, actually. It's just uh, just completely capitalism's fault. It, it, this, if people dying from coronavirus is proof positive that we have to transition to a new economic system. Oddly enough, it's also proof positive that the other countries need to transition to a capitalist system. I, guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if only if only we were a communist nation with the right leader, we would have never gotten it. You guys, we would have never had to shut down the economy because no. we just would have never had it. No. And we would have had free travel, too, because like the leader wouldn't be xenophobic, obviously he wouldn't close no. any borders or cancel any flights or do anything like that. Immigration no. would take place. People could travel from anywhere and uh you wouldn't shut down any travel or anything like that and and because we were communists with a fearless uh benevolent leader the the coronavirus wouldn't reach our shores <laughs> speaking of that immigration thing and how terrible it just is to think that it's bad to have people from other countries what about the fact that like it wasn't that the governor of rhode island literally blocking people from new york coming into the state yeah. and using the national guard threatening to use the national guard to remove people or quarantine people that had came from new, new york, york yeah in the rhode island uh, but i guess that's uh, you would never pick out a specific place and say that you could not come from a place into our place because that would be dangerous you would never do that i think whatsoever. i saw a campaign for the rhode island border wall yeah exactly yeah. it's it's a lot cheaper that, apparently it's okay <laughs> to block they only need like 50 miles <laughs> that's a be a pretty cheap border wall yeah we could put that one up in 10 15 years right. probably yeah <laughs> anyway so tell me about uh old dr paul real quick he was back out full beard 
yesterday in Congress. Did you see it? Full beard. No, I didn't see that. Dude, he looks like an old man. His libertarian points immediately skyrocketed because he's got a beard and <laughs> messy hair and everything. So his polling among libertarians just shot through the roof immediately. But uh, yeah, he was in Congress talking about this new $500 billion rescue package that, they're, that they have had a vote on. Te- uh, technically, even though there's like no one there, it's 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 passing. Yeah. So uh, that, that kind of reminds me, though, real quick before I get into this article, I had seen some some <laughs> tweets from Justin Amash and some other people in the Libertarian group that it's possible Justin Amash is considering a Libertarian run for president. Yeah. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on. Now, if I have to ask you, if if Justin Amash was on the ballot as a Libertarian president presidential candidate, are you voting for Amash? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I would. I have to. I'm, I'm obviously a member of the Libertarian Party. I could not vote for Gary Johnson. He did not. Uh, to me, once you break obvious Libertarian principles, I'm not going to throw away a Libertarian vote on someone who doesn't hold to Libertarian principles. I will have to look through everything uh, that Amash has voted on and, and said and all that. But I'm pretty sure Justin Amash is more Libertarian than Gary Johnson is. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I... I would, yeah. And we're in Tennessee. It doesn't really matter. Trump's going to win Tennessee. Right. So, y- yes, I would okay. vote for Amash. Well, I think it's going to be interesting yeah. to see if he does jump in. I think he's only got a couple weeks left to do it now yeah. uh, before I, I will the say Libertarian it, convention happens in, uh, I believe, June. I don't agree with what uh, all of his stances on that. I feel like he's gotten a little politically pure anti-Trump without thinking about uh, kind of both sides and he's kind of turned into one of the completely anti-Trump people, which is fine to be anti-Trump on a, a, a lot of things because he does a lot of things that are wrong. But what I wouldn't agree with is that to only be on political lines and not also be calling out other sides for the same things, right. which I think Justin Amash does do. I did not agree with him leaving the Republican Party I, uh, politically. I thought that was a terrible idea because I would rather have a Justin Amash, that is a Republican in Congress and have him stay in Congress. And to me, that's better. And so long term future, I would rather Justin Amash be able to stay in Congress. And so I would rather you just kind of. Although we don't know that he won't not stay in Congress yeah, I mean, because he yeah. did. He did out fundraise all of his competitors combined, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Marie so. says he's got a little bit of the uh, TDS, which is the uh, not my who pr- provides my Internet that's better than yours most of the time. It's <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. He does seem to have a little bit of that. Not quite as bad as Joe Walsh, though. No, no nowhere near. That guy's off the deep end. Yeah. All and right. So Justin not from Amash, the Eagles, by the way. The speaking of Justin Amash, the other libertarian in the Senate, by the way, Rand Paul, bearded Rand Paul, as I just found <laughs> out from Nate. The bearded Paul. He speaks out against the $500 billion rescue package. Quote, no amount of bailout dollars will stimulate the economy. This coming out of Fox News. Senator Rand Paul spoke out in opposition against the $484 billion small business package that was that was passed in the Senate Tuesday and warned, quote, no amount of bailout dollars will stimulate an economy that is being strangled by quarantine. Why do you think they settled on $484 billion? Oh, they're very specific about their needs. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Down to the billion. <laughs> Down to... <laughs> Paul did not block the bill that was later approved during a voice vote. The funding will replenish the Paycheck Protection Program and provide additional funding for hospitals. Quote, 
The one choice that will get our economy growing again is reopening American commerce, Paul said. He pointed out that the virus bailouts have already cost $2 trillion and said the annual deficit this year will approach $4 trillion. We cannot continue on this course, he said. No amount of bailout dollars will stimulate an economy that is being strangled by quarantine. He said that twice? I don't know. Huh. He continued. It's important. This economic calamity will only be resolved when we begin to reopen the economy. Paul said the country's reopening will require Americans to rise above partisanship and to understand that death from infectious diseases will continue, but we cannot indefinitely quarantine. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and somebody had was making a, an interesting conversation, and what they were saying was is that there are all, there are all sorts of risks in life mm -hmm. and this virus is just another one of them. And what I was thinking was, you know, when we talk about America, uh, she's the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? Isn't that what America <clears throat> is used to be? Yeah. It, it, like, and what it's like, people are wanting land of the safe yeah, and not land of the free. It's, it's freedom security. comes at a cost and that cost is risk, but it has to be one or the other. It's, it's yin, yin and yang, man. Yeah. There's no one without the other. Uh, it's a reason that that, the quote, which I think is, is honestly taken out of context, the Ben Franklin quote, but, uh, it's just, you know, those who sacrifice liberty for a little bit of security, essential liberty for uh, security, temporary security, temporary security deserve neither. And I, I, I read something talking about how that was taken out of context. He wasn't talking about that. But the the idea is, is true. Anytime that you want something really safe, I mean, you can get a guarantee in prison if you want to have a guaranteed everything in prison. You got a place to live. You got your food every single day. You got your air conditioning. You got uh, health care if it gets bad enough, more than likely. Walls and guards. You got walls. You got all kinds of stuff. Guards, you're not allowed to have guns, but the guards have guns. And so you're, you're really the safest in a prison. That's what we talk about all the time. That's what people seem to want to construct for themselves and everyone around them is a prison. But yeah, it's just... There's risk. There's risk to having freedom. If there wasn't risk, then it would just be an obvious thing. You know, the free market is a risk depending on capitalism and free market and people like you and me or Bezos and Musk and Jobs and all these people to create these things instead of just issuing an executive decree that those things be created. There's a risk involved in that. And I think it's paid off taking that risk because it incentivizes risk taking. And then you get more of these great things, but we're not gonna live in a world that does not have risk. You can decide that we're not gonna have coronavirus anymore and make yourself feel safe, but you're just, you're, it's just a trade-off. That's, that's all it is. You're trading that safety for all kinds of other economic risk on the other side of that and health risk and, and everything on the other side of that when the economy collapses. So you're not really getting safety whatsoever. You're getting safety on this one single issue, one single thing you get safety on, and then everything else, the risk is just exponentially increased. And what, ask yourself, what is life without risk? And, you know, what is life, is it even worth living? Like you can build yourself a bubble and never leave your house and probably never catch anything. 
And but but then like what do you have? Do you have any relationships? Do you do you get to see anybody? Like any anything in life that's worth doing takes risk. Building a business takes risk. Uh, changing jobs takes risk. Finding love and relationship takes risks. Getting married, having kids, all of that is risk taking in life. You want to jump out of an airplane? Hopefully, you have a parachute. That's a risk. Maybe that chute won't open, but if it does, then you have the best time of your life. Falling 162 miles an hour, whatever that is, I can't remember what the velocity. To uh, me, just getting on an airplane is too much. That's too a, much of a risk. That's a risk in and of it's, itself. It's a risk, and I can't do it. But you can get from Nashville to Vegas in about four hours when it yeah. would take almost three days to drive there. So It'd be way more risky technically to drive there. Right. I guess. Technically, yeah. I guess. That's even a risk in and of itself. I can't guarantee I can't I can't really guarantee that, you know. Yeah. If you were to look at the 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 mortality rate of a plane crash versus the mortality rate of a car accident, I bet the mortality rate of a plane crash is way higher than the mortality rate itself of a car accident. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't agree with that not being a risk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, but yeah, you're totally look, right. And the problems that we're running into you know, we've talked about this before, you know, they talk about the curve, you know, you got the curve, you got to <laughs> flatten the curve. Well, here's the problem. Why are we so keen on, on flattening a curve, Nate? Why? I, uh, well, we, first off, we, well, we want to mitigate the risk of the healthcare system being overrun and we want to save lives. So oh, you said something important there. You want to mitigate the risk of healthcare systems being overrun. Why? Why is it possible that the healthcare system can be overrun in a free market? Uh, because we don't allow that market to actually operate freely. We don't have a free yeah. market in healthcare. Mm. Guys, the whole problem with this, the, the whole problem with this entire pandemic is, yes, it, people are getting it quicker than the flu, and it does have a little bit higher mortality rate, and hospitals are getting overrun in Italy that happened and everything like that. The reason why all of that happened is because we lack a free market in healthcare. You have things like certificate of need. You have licensed beds. You only have uh, certain medical equipment that needs to be approved by the FDA and the CDC. Look at all the regulations and everything that they have relaxed during this time so that they can build the infrastructure necessary to handle a pandemic where the free market, when they when the when the demand went up, would have supplied it to begin with. You know, HCA could have had their freestanding ED and other places that they could have turned into places to uh, take care of people with this coronavirus. They have all kinds of things that they could have done that the free market was hampered and they weren't allowed to do. So the whole reason why we're being quarantined and staying at home in the first place is because this virus could overrun the hospitals and they don't need to be overrun or they, or they shouldn't have needed to flatten the curve. If we had a free market healthcare system, yeah, it all goes back to that every time. It's like, how amazing would it be if we just allow people that actually know what they're doing in healthcare to, to create and have the PPE that they need, the ventilators that they need, the beds that they need, the, the, the buildings that they need without this over ridiculous, uh, a sided government. See, here's the problem, especially in Italy, all these other countries that have, socialized medicine, especially having a big issue is because they are so heavily regulated that, that they don't governments don't plan for this type of thing ever. 
Whereas a free market, like look at the oil, oil industries right now, they're all suffering. And a lot of your bigger ones probably have planned for something like this. You know, they're like, oh, well, why does ExxonMobil have billions of dollars in profit? We should just, they should give that away to the people. No one should have that kind of money. Well, they save it for a time like this. That's one thing we talked about a few episodes ago. And thank God these people were saving up billions of dollars. What if they would have just given out all of the incomes from everything and never kept any profits, never kept any of it? And then this happened. They would all, you think the bailout was bad a few weeks ago? To bail out some of these businesses, imagine if none if none of the businesses kept a store of wealth whatsoever, and then this happened. That's what you would have in the socialist, pure socialist system itself. That That's what you would actually have. And that is not, luckily, what we have. We're going to lose a lot of businesses, a lot of people who poured every single thing they had into a business and starting a new restaurant or a new retail shop in some kind of way that was not deemed essential or was not set up for to-go orders or something like that. Anyone who has started that and they put their entire life, life savings into that has has lost everything. And we've got to find some more stories. We've, I've got a story down here we probably won't get to until tomorrow we got to do better at telling stories of this. And if you guys ever find stories like that, you know, telling a story is the best way to get a point across. Because when you're talking to people who only think in emotions and they let emotions dictate their actions at all times, uh, then you need to tell some emotional stories. And there's plenty of them. There's just not a lot of great websites to find them, unfortunately. Reach them where they are. <clears throat> yeah. That's what they, that's what, how they think. Yeah, so we've we've got to combat that for sure. Now, I was going to tell you the story we talked about a little bit in the pre-show about Facebook. Uh, this was coming from, well, this says Apple News, but I think it came from Politico more, more than likely. Um, let me see. CNN. came from CNN. Facebook sparks another free speech debate by removing anti-lockdown event posts. Mm. Now, this is upsetting. Uh, once again, they are a private company. That's fine. I'm not going to tell them that they should be forced to do anything. They can do whatever they want, but this is some BS right here. This week, Facebook found itself at the heart of another debate over free speech when it decided to clamp down on the anti-lockdown rallies brewing on its platform. Protesters across the country have used Facebook to organize groups such as Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine and In the Lockdown PA. The, the worst part about this is that they're not coming up with good enough acronyms. <laughs> first, first event, first event, then to coordinate in-person gatherings against the coronavirus shutdown orders that have shuttered most businesses in the U.S. The protesters view the lockdowns and Facebook's latest move as infringing on their civil liberties. They also canceled my Stop Facebook from Canceling Events event that I posted earlier. That's unfortunate. Facebook said that it plans to take down certain posts on anti-lockdown protests created with the events feature. So if you go on there and create an event and then you can run ads on that event and you can post that event around places and, and tell everyone about it. And on Monday, it removed posts in California, Nebraska, and New Jersey. We remove the posts when gatherings do not follow the health parameters established by the government and are therefore unlawful, a Facebook spokesperson told Politico. What? <laughs> what? <clears throat> yeah. So the even if the government's being unlawful, the it health, doesn't matter. The health parameters established by the government. So if the postings don't adhere to that, then therefore they are unlawful and they are removing the post. It just so, come up with something random then. Facebook, yeah. Facebook determined which posts are removed by consulting with individual states and their social distancing policies. 
The states did not ask Facebook to take down the content, Political reported. So it wasn't that the states asked, it's Facebook. They're doing their part right here. Facebook told CNN that it is working to discern whether anti-lockdown protests are prohibited in New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, all of which are currently being targeted for protest by a trio of far-right pro-gun activists. We had a protest in Nashville on Sunday. Yeah. So it's pretty clear whether or not it's lawful for you to gather and protest somewhere. It's pretty freaking clear. In fact, Charlie, you could probably find it on that piece of paper, that old, old, old ass wooden ship back there that's on your wall called the Constitution that says that you have the right to freely assemble with people. So this idea that this is somehow we need to determine whether or not these protests are unlawful, since when do you get to determine whether or not a protest is unlawful? Not only is it in the Constitution, but it's number one. It's the first it's thing. It's number one. <laughs> there are first. so many amendments. It's the first one in the Constitution. Love uh, the Constitution. I plead the first on this. Yeah. Okay. You have the right to peace of, peaceably assemble. Listen, any law that is contrary to the Constitution is null and void. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. So you cannot make a law saying that people cannot peacefully protest somewhere you can't do it and be lawful in that law now what if they were talking about gathering but staying six feet apart well a lot of them were <laughs> some of them weren't but a lot of them were what happened here in tennessee is a lot of people went down to the capitol and they you know they kind of stayed away from each other they weren't hovering around each other and a lot of people came in their cars like oh well, we'll come in our cars <laughs> yeah you know we won't get out because we're going to be responsible for ourselves and our family we're going to get out but we'll come down there and honk and I saw the videos, and there were a lot of people down there and honking, man. Yeah. They were honking their horns off. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought one girl was going to flash her titties because she were, said, honk for tits. They were throwing beads down there, all kinds of stuff. It was a crazy protest, man. Yeah. Man, they were honking until the horns ran out of air. Let me tell you what. You ever honk until your horn ran out of air before? You know, it's a, it's, it's a little box, a compressor that's filled with air. I'm, I'm guessing you did that. Inside of your horn. Yeah, I have done it before. That's what your horn is. It's just a little box that it compresses with air, and then when you hit the horn, it releases it through a horn and makes a sound yeah. like, a, like a horn does, actually. And you can actually hold it so long that that box will run out of air huh. in there. Yeah. And I don't know if on these newfangled contraption spaceship cars they have or anything like that, if that happens. But uh, anyway, on the uh, on the vehicles that I have driven for a while, there is a limited capacity to honking your horn. Trust me. So, you know, honking your horn doesn't do much, really. No. You know, I've always wondered what if they just switch it to where like it the horn, like you still hit it and the horn plays through your own speakers. So you think <laughs> you think that you're actually precedent. So in your mind, you're like. Yeah, I got that mother. <laughs> but no one on the outside of the car hears it. So yeah. it's like, perfect. That'd actually be pretty good. Yeah. I'm be, just imagining great people honking their horns like crazy. <laughs> and you just look outside and it's just a bunch of cars driving yeah. around and there's just, no sounds at all. It'd be great in New York, yeah. like a place like New York. Yeah. It's all kinds of honking all the time. We're going to have yeah. to put that in an executive order. It probably. Yeah, the decision aligns with Facebook's newly aggressive approach to misinformation Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, what's the misinformation at one of these protests? Is it not dangerous to cause our economy to go into a depression? Do people not die during during depressions? 
during economic depressions that would not have otherwise died? Do you look around the world at different economies that are in terrible condition and look at the poverty in those countries and talk about the people who are in poverty and how they need help and how there's people dying in that country? Is that not something that exists in the normal world, the pre-before the virus world, but in before BC, actually, just say <laughs> BC, in, in BC, you used to, in 1 BC, you used to be able to, uh, you know, talk about how people living in poverty had a worse go at it and had a greater risk of death and all kinds of other situations. But now, if you're trying to stop millions of people from going into poverty that would not have otherwise gone into poverty, you're just spreading misinformation. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. So the misinformation amid COVID-19 pandemic, which has included growing its fact-checking program, checking facts here. Now, listen, if you're posting that coronavirus is a hoax and that no one's actually dying from it whatsoever, maybe that is a, a room for an independent fact checker to say, actually, um, there are people dying from this. Uh, this is a real thing. It's not a hoax. In fact, I have seen Facebook's fact checking, put that underneath things uh, so far. Now, that's one thing. But saying that we should be looking at this in some kind of different light, not misinformation, it's a difference of opinion. It's uh, having a brain versus just having emotions, you know? Sorry. While other social media companies such as Twitter and WhatsApp have also expanded their misinformation policies, which is where they try to further more misinformation, is what I'm taking, to combat the current infodemic... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we got sorry. an infodemic in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I did, obviously did not read through that paragraph. I have not <laughs> seen that word. So these companies have also expanded their misinformation policies to combat the current infodemic. Facebook appears to be the first to remove content that promotes in-person organizing. Yeah, this is, this is the crazy thing that, you know, when you have, again, Facebook's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Obviously, um, you know, uh, you have what was it? Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin. They're they're doing the Think Spot thing. They're trying to create a new social media platform. Social media platforms are hard to create. Okay, so um, but again, so Facebook can do what they want as far as a libertarian is concerned or liberty minded people are concerned. But this is a dangerous precedent that these massive companies that have a lot of control over information are now going to start to filter it to a certain ideology. Instead of it's, it's like Facebook and all these companies, they do what government does. They're like, we're smarter than you. Most of you people out there are dumb. You can't read a story and decide if it's true or not. So we have to decide for you and you only get to read or, or participate in things that we deem is necessary for you to, to read or uh, participate. In. Just sounds like history to me. Yeah. I, I feel like I've heard that happen all the time throughout history is when they block certain pieces of information from people and only uh, allow the information that they want to get yeah. out. You know, that's that's what's going on. The the other, uh, uh, I don't me know. Medium's <clears throat> doing this too, by the way. Medium's a big blog post yeah. website. They're, they've taken down posts, uh, taken down blogs written by people. that had a lot of traction. I mean, one of them got shared like 100,000 times on Twitter. And Twitter removed the tweet and Medium took down the blog. It's like... It's unbelievable. Uh, the other question I want to ask is, is the left against big tech or do they like big tech? So like right now they like big tech, right? 
as they're doing this. So now it's good that these people have so much control over the information. It's good right now. And of course, if you're on the right, you're like, oh, we should stop them from being able to do this. And if you're on the left, you're like, oh, they're doing such a great thing. I love big tech. It's so good. Yeah. I love big tech. And now, I mean, if you look later on down the road, of course, when people are posting things that they just don't agree with, oh, we're not going to like big tech. We got to stop them. We got to stop the big tech companies. They'll hate not them. right now, though. Now, we need them right now. They're doing what we want. We need them at the moment. I really think we should... Uh, Probably cut it off right there. We're at 40 minutes right now in the episode. That's, yeah. a, sh that's a short episode. I have a few more really good articles, and they're going to take too much time. Uh, Aaron sent over an article that was really good. I read through it before the podcast. I didn't have time to cut it and put it in the notes. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's show, which I think is around 9 p.m. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do it on tomorrow's show. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to end thus far, but... Yeah, I've got like three tournaments. Listen, tournaments tomorrow, uh, you know? <laughs> close of one thing that Sam said in the private, uh, the on the private stream here. He said, "If the government can suspend your rights anytime it deems something a crisis, you don't have rights; you have permissions." And that's true, guys. The the listen, the entire institution of our government was was put in place under the uh, the admission that human beings have rights, not because the government gave them rights. They have rights because they're human beings. They were born and they have rights. And that's the entire idea. And the government is here to make sure that people do not remove those rights from you. That is the only job of the government. That's why we have a military. That's why they have these checks and all these things. Just trying to make sure that no one removes your rights from you. And so what does it mean when they decide that they're going to start telling you what you can and can't do, that they're going to decide what rights you do have or do not have. It means that you weren't born with those rights. It means you only had them because they gave them to you. And that's a really dangerous line. That's a really dangerous line because you never know who's going to be in control of the government at any point in time. The entire idea is that you have rights because you're human and they are supposed to stop other people from taking those rights from you. We've gone a long way from that. We have defaulted to the only rights you have are the rights that the government has decided that you have at any given time that it wants to decide from month to month, from yeah. week to week. Those are the rights you have. You know, what's interesting is them comparing this to uh, a war, mm -hmm. the invisible enemy. Yeah. You know, we're at war right now with the invisible en enemy. And uh, I can't remember if it was Thomas Jefferson or James Madison. One of our founders said, that the greatest one of the greatest threat the greatest threat to liberty is perpetual warfare like it, an endless war um even um maurice made this point earlier that we didn't get to either um but he also said this this quarantine is like the war on terror no end in sight and the reason why is because exactly what sam said is like when you're in a crisis or when you're in war when you're at war the government gets extra powers and when they have those extra powers, they pass more extra powers for themselves. And they don't ever give those up, by the way. And your freedom, your liberty, your way of life is completely threatened during perpetual war, perpetual warfare because they have emergency powers. They have all these things that completely take away your liberty. And that's why these types of things are the most dangerous thing that you can have. You know, th this is why 
our founders said that Congress can only appropriate money for war for a period of two years. Then they have to vote on it again. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be a decision every two years because they understood that kings back in the day, they, they would violate English common law because English common law has been around for a long time where a lot of our liberties came from. Um, they would violate English common law and say, oh, well, it's for safety because we're at war. We're at war with France. We're at war, we're at war with Scotland. You tell the English, we're at war with Scotland, so we have to abuse all the, you know, abuse your English common law. You don't have the right to freedom of speech right now because we're at, uh, we're at war. <laughs> and they understood this. And so it's, it's kind of ironic, I guess you would say, in a way, that they would call the coronavirus that they would call this thing an, an invisible enemy and that we are, we are at war with a virus Yeah, because now they have extra power and that's what they want. They always so, want power. That's all they want. Power's going to power. That's power going to power. That's what yeah. they're going to do. Tyrant's <laughs> going to tyrant. Haters going to hate. Okay. Exactly. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend, tell your communist, communist uncle, not your communist uncle. He's busy <laughs> being a communist. Okay. Tell your communist <laughs> Uncle, that he needs to listen to this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your wife, tell your kids that they need to listen to this podcast. We talk life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Guys, the basic idea is just that you own yourself. It's not It's not that hard. Do you own yourself as, or does someone else own you? I feel like we've decided this at some point in time, but somehow we still cannot get past this fact that other people want to own the actions of other people, even if those people are not doing anything to harm anyone else. And it's, it's, it's disappointing that we're still talking about this, but that's why we're here. You know, we, we lived in a perfect libertarian utopia. And that day we will cancel the podcast and we'll be done at that time. Once we finally reach that Our time work period is finished when we finally win this war, you know, then we'll finally be able to not do this. But until then we'll be doing this every single day of the week when we want to, so make sure you're subscribing on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to interact with us live every single day when we do the podcast, which is pretty much every single day, then you can go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. A donation, a, a, a patronage of only $5 will get you into this live group right here so we can all talk back and forth and man does that help us out a lot someone's got to pay for lap dancers for the big guy over here <laughs> okay so we got to get that five dollars okay he's got to get that five dollar dance okay and we're also going to use that money to run advertisements on very important articles important articles about the economy important articles about the second amendment about liberty in general the healthcare system all kinds of things if you uh join at a certain level uh, I think it's the $15 level. You get to choose an ad. I believe Sam picked a Second Amendment article. Uh, Maurice said healthcare. Um, I think uh, Andrew said Second Amendment also. Drew. Drew said that. That's my brother, by the way. Yeah. He said Second Amendment also. And so we've been running... We've been running ads on articles that people that are patrons of ours want us to run ads on. So if you care about getting the correct misinformation out to people, <laughs> then join us at patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Now, Nate, there is one other thing people can do. Um, that another, another company we run, I guess you could say, and that has to do with understanding your financial future. 
And today, I'm, I just want to say, today in the pre-market, I don't know how you did this, but I, I think you were five out of five. Was that right? Five out of five? Uh, it was at least six out of six. I counted one as a loss just to account for uh, human error. Okay. Uh, okay. So I, I, get, I did six out of seven when I did my video earlier. I picked one and said I would have taken this and it would have been a loss just to not sound as perfect as it was. <laughs> you know, I figured I'd throw a little bit of humility in there. Okay. Well, sure. six yeah. out of seven, you yeah. know, six out of seven. That's no big deal. But anyway, um, guys, if you want to understand your financial future, if you want to know what's happening in the markets, if you want to know all these bounce points and things that we've talked about before, then you've got to go to mastermytrades.com to get in on the action. I've had a few people hit me up and say, Hey, what, you know, what's your recommendation on this or what's happening here? Or why is it doing this? Um, in these uncertain times, as the stock market is going up and down, you're probably looking at your 401k going, what in the heck is going on? Well, first you have to, to educate yourself a little bit to understand exactly how price action and these different structures and reversals and everything works. And if you want to get on that, that's mastermytrades.com. And uh, Nate is a, you just hit the nail on the head on the nail. You're welcome. Yeah. There exactly. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so mastermytrades.com. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and then leave us a rating and review on the on the podcast. We would appreciate that more than you know, uh, because that helps us out. And I'm not going to go deep into the algorithm section like I did yesterday. <laughs> but uh, if you guys can leave us a rating and review, it would uh, mean the world to us. And if you do that, all of this, then we'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully before 9 p.m., but no one knows. <laughs> Until then, have a good day and have a good Morning Liberty. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids.